Humankind didn't predict COVID-19, but we can prepare for its aftermath. We can get to a point where the odds are on our side. Insights from global experts on preparing for a post-pandemic world. Subscribe to Investec Focus Radio South Africa wherever you get your podcasts. There's a traditional Afrikaans song that celebrates October as South Africa's most beautiful month. For many in the country's long-suffering and long-ignored farming community, it might well turn out to be so this year, as public attention on their plight has been soaring over the past few weeks. Over the weekend, an estimated 100,000 people demonstrated nationally against farm murders, among them a vocal group in Cape Town, which included activist billionaire Rob Hersov. As a result of his activism, young farmer Willem Petzer has been rocketed to fame, becoming one of the loudest voices representing his community with, for instance, more than 100,000 people having viewed a four-day-old YouTube video posted on Farm Arson. He's got more than 150,000 Facebook followers and almost 50,000 have subscribed to his YouTube channel. Those are serious numbers. Petzer has also successfully enlisted support from some European governments. For his troubles, in the local mass media, when he is mentioned, it's as a racist and far-right winger. So I decided to find out for myself what this young man is about. And to kick off our interview, asked him to describe himself. I would say I'm just a farmer uh, that's concerned about what's going on right now in South Africa. And um, I've been given a gift by, by the grace of God to be able to have a good feel for, for people as well. So I connect well with people and that's why I think I, a lot of people are following me for what's going on in South Africa as well. Got a bit of a profile offshore too. Yes, I, I do have some friends overseas, um, in, in, especially in Europe, in like European uh, countries. Germany, I've got a few friends in Parliament as well as Belgium and the Netherlands. And actually, these friends have come to South Africa's aid quite often. Uh, for example, the Netherlands have just passed two motions, one against expropriation without compensation, where the Dutch government said that if South Africa is going ahead with expropriation without compensation, they and their allies will take severe action against our government and the other one was against farm murders so um, these uh, contacts have come in well for, for us in South Africa. Let's start with farm murders. What's behind all of that in your opinion? Well I think that farm murders, it, it makes our government ashamed that is going on especially with the image outside overseas. So they would try their best to downplay it as much as po- as they possibly can. And I think that is also the reason why you see people like myself being labeled as whatever white nationalists or whatever they want to, because they want to make it look like farm murders is a far-right conspiracy theory, which it is not. I mean, the reason why I went into this whole topic in the first place and where, why I became, well, I, I guess one can say an activist, is because my grandfather's brother was brutally murdered in a farm attack and with his blood they wrote on the walls uh, messages with with racial connotations for example they wrote white devil on the walls of his house after they butchered him um, tortured him for hours and so on 
So uh, I know that it's not because I've got personal experience with it. And I know a lot of other people have have had personal experience with it as well. And they are also being labeled far right or whatever, because that's the only way that the government is able to sort of contain the crisis that we've got is to deny deny, deny, deny what's going on. We've seen the same thing with Cyril Ramaphosa at the UN saying there's no killings of farmers or white farmers in South Africa. But I think this whole strategy of, of labeling anyone who speaks out against farm murders as some far-right white nationalist is actually not working as well for them as it did two years ago. Because I think two years ago, um, they still had some credibility to do so. But uh, today, I think the message is out there, especially concerning what happened in Senegal. And also yesterday, I think yesterday, by my estimates, there was probably around the country about 100,000 people protesting against farm murders. Because I've got video material from hundreds of towns, and in, in every single one it looked like there was over 1,000 people attending countrywide protests against farm murders. Did it generally go off peacefully yeah. as it did in Cape Town? Yes, the one in Cape Town was probably one of the smallest ones that I've seen on video. But almost in every single town there was a protest, yes. What are you guys doing to convince those in power that this is a, a grouping that needs to be heard? I think those in power know exactly what's going on. I don't think they have any ignorance as, of, as to the matter, but they are planning ignorance and they are trying to downplay it. But we know that they have no political will to do anything about farm murders. They have no political will to protect farmers because uh, they literally go out and say things like we are going to take back the land. And even the ANC up until very recently were singing songs like Kill the Boer. So um, we know they have zero political will to protect the farmers. But what we are doing is trying to raise a conscience of awareness amongst the, the people themselves, amongst the farmers themselves, because I think a lot of farmers still think that they are living in the old days, that everything is still safe. And they actually believe some of these mainstream media rhetoric that, you know, farm murders is not really a problem. And uh, because I think most older people don't really know anything about alternative media or social media and so on. So the only media that they get is the, the mainstream media, the old printing media. And um, they still buy into this rhetoric that farm murders isn't, isn't so much of a problem. But uh, these are also the guys that usually get killed on their farms because they are not ready. They don't have the, the um, proper security installed on their farms. If you just have iron bars on your windows and you make it very difficult for someone to come in and you make sure that you stay inside your house when there's a problem outside and you barricade yourself inside your room maybe with, with a shotgun or whatever, then the chances of that farm attack being successful is very, very low. 2020, there has been a lot more farm murders than 2019, but up until 2019, the murders have gone down. But what nobody is talking about is the fact that the attacks are going up every single year. So what this means is the percentage of successful farm attacks have gone down dramatically. And I think this year there has been several farm attacks as well, much more than 2019. But also the percentage of the farm attacks turning into a farm murder or turning into rape or torture or whatever is not as high as it was five years ago. So this is a good thing. This, is, this means that people are 
more aware of what's going on themselves and they are protecting themselves and that is also my goal is to get people to to actually be protective of themselves and their own properties there was always a system where they would help each other is that not happening in south africa well of course it is happening i think if you talk about the old commando system the commando system was basically volunteers that could go on to patrols almost exactly like your farm watch or your neighborhood watch that you would have today. The only difference being that uh, the state would pay for the for the petrol and the state. You could use the state's resources. You could use the state's armored cars. You can use. You could have used the state's uh, guns and everything from the army if you were registered as, as someone who was competent to do so. And then they took that system away. And uh, yeah, that's terrible because now the farmers have to buy all of these things and sponsor all of these things from their own pockets, which makes it extremely difficult. Because I know some farmers that's, that have spent up to more than a million rands just on the security. But uh, if you are a farmer, then you have to do it. You're a farmer. Are you in an isolated area? And, and how do you defend yourself? Yes, I am in an isolated area. So uh, I don't really want to go into my, too much detail uh, because, I mean, people can listen and and so I, I, I don't want to explain exactly how it works, but I've got iron bars on my windows. I've got cameras everywhere that have got night vision as well. And I've got alarms. The, the cameras with the night vision can see if it's an animal walking past or a human walking past. So they uh, can identify human beings all over the farm. And then, of course, I've got my guns. And uh, the, the, the most important thing on farm defense is the fact that you need to know if someone is coming. You need to know for quite some time before they are at your house that they, that they are coming for you. So that's the most important thing. And I've, I think all farmers need to get something like that at least. I saw a YouTube video of yours where you made a, a link between incitement by the EFF and farm fires uh, that have broken out as a direct result. What is, actually is going on there? Well, I wouldn't say it's a direct result. I don't think anyone can prove that it's a direct result. But for many years, the ANC and the EFF have been singing, kill the boo, kill the farmer. And then um, they've always denied that there's a link between that and farm attacks. And now there wasn't Lawsy singing, singing about burning down the farmer's farms um, in Sienecal. And then suddenly you've got massive arson. I think last time I checked, 21 people have already been arrested. Now... I don't know how many more people were actually committing arson, but uh, 21 people have already been arrested for it in, in literally in the last three days after Lawsy sang that. It's very odd that it's correlating so well and that it can't really be an accident that uh, he sings it and then the next two days or the next three days, everyone's committing arson all over the country. And it's in the free state, it's in the Northwest province, in the Northern Cape, Western Cape, there were so many places where the arson had been committed. And what about Sienecal? You brought that up. Can you give us some inside track on why uh, the, the farmers gathered in Sienecal and then burnt a police vehicle? Well, I, I wouldn't say that it's the farmers that burnt a police vehicle because that's not proven. Uh, I mean, 
Nobody knows who burned the police vehicle. I was there and I saw most of the things that happened. And then after everyone left, I was sitting in the wimpy enjoying a coffee. And then uh, it's almost an hour after everyone left, we started seeing the black smoke and that was the Baki burning. So um, nobody knows who burned the Baki. But what I can say is when the Baki was tipped over, I think I've explained this in detail on uh, Ronaldo Gose's YouTube show. The police were driving into the crowd absolutely like lunatics, and then the people in the crowd decided to stop them from driving over people, so they decided to tip the Baki. And they tried to tip the Nyala as well, which almost happened, but uh, it didn't happen. But but the point that I was making is that um, the police were driving into the crowd like crazy. There are tons of these videos that I can send you or that I do have on my Facebook it was it was just chaos. I think the police that was there at Senegal, the first Senegal event, were, were very, very amateurish, very untrained or badly trained uh, people, and they really didn't know what to do. The murder that sparked the uh, the reaction in Senegal, uh, the Brendan yes. Horner murder, have you got any more insight into actually what happened there? Because only two people have been arrested, and yet there are reports that there were a lot more people who were involved. Yes, um, well, nobody knows who the rest of the people are, but it was a brutal farm murder. It was, he was tortured very long, and then he was tied to a pole, like some kind of trophy. But um, a lot of reports have come out, one in the report that there is a crime syndicate in that Sienecal Paul Rue area, uh, which is actually run by the police of that area. And a lot of people have already complained that the Hawks and the Hawks have already admitted that they are investigating this particular incident as well as the crime syndicates that's led by the police there. All the accusations at this point points to the police that it was the police that committed this particular farm murder, which is particularly bad because I don't, I'm not aware of any other farm murder where there was so much accusations being pointed to the police specifically the fact that there is social media and that you're able to go on it first of all takes quite a lot of courage without doubt but secondly also a high level of frustration being shown by the number of people who are following you and are picking up your communications how do you make sure or protect that the information that you're giving out is absolutely accurate because it would really defeat the object if someone were to be able to prove that even one thing that you put out there is not accurate, is not true? Well, I, I check up very, very thoroughly on everything before I post it. There's not anything that I have posted before that any news site could actually uh, use against me and say that I did spread fake news. So I've, I've never had an incident like that. Um, and I think there's a very high level of trust between myself and the people who follow me that I do only spread the, the absolute truth on there. And that's why I do so well is because people know and people trust uh, the content that I put out there. Um, if you take, for example, Daniel Friedman, what he did was he made, uh, he made up a completely fake bunch of social media posts that he said that I did made in which there was some racist memes or whatever. And then he, he tried to claim that I made these social media posts uh, long ago. But then um, 
Daniel Freeman was eventually fired for being, you know, a very unethical journalist and lying about a lot of things, not just myself, but some other people as well. So uh, that case is actually closed, one might say. I see the articles that he wrote is still up on the on the on the website of uh, the citizen. I guess the point that I'm making is that we take this one case by case. If if someone attacks me, then I'll defend myself in whatever way seems fit as a response to this, that, that specific attack. You are giving a voice to people who are being attacked. The authorities seem to be ignoring those voices. How do you see it developing from here? Where does it all end? I am 100% sure that the government that we are seeing today will collapse very soon. Um, I think we are already very close to a failed state in South Africa. So what I'm trying to teach people and what I'm trying to encourage people to do is to do things themselves and not be dependent on the government. For example, if the police are terrible and they don't do their jobs and they're corrupt and they have crime syndicates, then make your own police. And that's what that's what we've been doing all over the country, especially in rural areas, but also in, in, in cities, is um, having our own community policing forums, having our own neighborhood watches and farm watches that are in fact way more effective than the police could ever be already and my goal would be to have such a policing forum as a first step i have such a policing forum in every town and every neighborhood and i think this is how we are going to survive one day in south africa by doing everything ourselves by being our own police by by having our own power for our homes for example solar power the only way that you are ever going to survive in South Africa and lead a normal life is if you are doing all of these things yourself because you can't be dependent on the government anymore because the government is, quite frankly, terrible at everything that they do. You did say right in the beginning of this discussion that you are God-fearing. Surely you're also then a man of peace. How does How does peace break out? I don't think, like, there's a lot of people that says there's a civil war that's going to come, and there are also a lot of people who want to start a civil war, like, for example, that guy there at Siena Gold 2 who said that we need to march into the EFF, and I actually stopped what was going on there. But any case, so um, a lot of people think this, and a lot of people want this, but I don't think there's ever going to be a civil war, because what people, what people think is that it's going to be a war between black and white, and um, quite frankly, I think most black people, or the vast majority of black people are just as angry or just as annoyed with uh, the ANC and the terrible governance as I am and, and you are. And I don't think those people will ever take a side uh, or the side of the government. They, they might say so on social media that they would take the side of the government, but I don't think they will be motivated to, to go to a war for this government that is so terrible for all of us. So I don't think that there's ever going to be a civil war like that. I think there's going to be a collapse of governments and then we'll see negotiations between many different parties internationally and nationally. And that might, that might lead to a better situation than the one that we are in right now.
Humankind didn't predict COVID-19, but we can prepare for its aftermath. We can get to a point where the odds are on our side. Understanding cycles is the most important element in that. COVID is going to fuel the rate of outsourcing, of getting labor inputs from anywhere around the globe. Insights from global experts on preparing for a post-pandemic world. Subscribe to Investec Focus Radio South Africa wherever you get your podcasts.